Hey, this is Rob. Hey, this is Dan. And you're listening to Remote with Rob and Dan. Today, we're talking about ideas versus execution, or as or, I like to say, execution. <laughs> <laughs> you do like to say that, and I think it's really special. <laughs> what were you going to say? You were going to say something. I, heard you I was say just going to say execution versus ideas. Ah, yeah. You Which is the same, but honestly, completely opposite. Yeah, we're going to try to do a kind of a, no, I don't know, I don't know if serious is the right word, but a structured or topical episode. <laughs> a real um, one about work in the, the 2020s. The last couple episodes have been Daniel and I just uh, kind of goofing off, um, which is great and uh, I enjoy it. But um, this one, I listened to a, you know what, it's funny, I don't even remember what I was listening to, but um, I think it was a book and uh, they started talking about um Ideas, uh, you know, versus execution, and I won't go into where they landed on it, but it got me thinking, and I was like, you know what? I think ten years ago, my answer might have actually been different than it is now. Um, I I think it's a a um, moot point, personally, <laughs> but maybe maybe we'll figure out what my stance is as I talk through it. How do you, uh, well, let me, uh, what's, uh, hold on. So, okay. To, to start to stay sort of on some kind of like schedule. <laughs> I like our podcast <laughs> because it's somewhere, somewhere down the line when we have like, you know, a hundred episodes, people are going to be like, well, there's like 75 of them that are just about <laughs> what their farts sound like. But then there's like 20 that are about working. So I don't really even know what the podcast yeah. is about. That's okay. We're, you got to find the good ones. It's like when yeah. you get a pack of baseball cards and you look for the foil, the foil card. Yeah. We're just we're just trying to record foil cards. Exactly. <laughs> or when you're picking your nose and you get that one that's like comes out of your brain. Oh, man. <laughs> that's, that's gross. You want, um, the, you want to listen to the Stringy Booger podcast. You can I was actually, I've never done that. Well, uh, I was actually surprised um, in doing a little bit of research on this topic and doing a little bit of reading. Um, I was surprised how polarizing it was and how, um, how I don't know. It, it was amazing to me that the more I read the back and forth, you know, uh, this, you know, this perspective versus this perspective, um, it was, equally as uh, heated um, or backed up uh, on both sides. And I I guess to start real quick, ideas versus execution, what we're talking about really is um, whether you have an idea for, I don't know, uh, a new guitar pedal or a new app or a new book or a new whatever, um, you know, what's kind of the more important side of things? Is it the idea that you need that you have in order to... um, you know, see something coming to life or is it the execution? Um, and I, and I hear your, your point, Daniel, that it's a moot point. And I think that I probably mirror that sentiment, but it's I kind of wanted to walk through it a little bit. It's not a moot point. It's just to, to me, one relies on the other. So sure. It doesn't, um, it's not they a each rely on each me. other or one relies on the other. I kind of feel, I mean, I kind of feel like, what are you executing if you don't have the idea, right? Sure. Like executing what? I can execute random shit all day long. That's fine. But I mean, if we're talking about 
hitting a goal, then you have to have the idea of what the goal is first. Do you? Before you start executing on it, right? I, yeah. I mean, chicken or the egg, I guess. Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you going to execute? You, you, so I can. And I guess with that said, that makes the idea super important. Sure. But ideas are a dime a dozen. I've had, you and I've had a bunch of ideas and have done nothing with them. So they're pointless. Yeah, exactly. So I'm actually sort of, yeah, which now talking through it, I'm sort of going against my knee jerk (laughs) thought, which is that you can have, you can have a million ideas like we've had, or, you know, I can have an idea for the best funniest movie in the world that stars jack black but if i if i don't know how to make a movie and i don't know right. how to get a hold of jack black and i don't have the money to do it then right. i'm not gonna do it or the motivation and the drive to figure those things out right yeah the other part of it to me is that you also i think to execute ideas need more than yourself sometimes so, yeah I mean, if we're talking about if we're talking about work, I mean, if I'm sure. talking about I have an idea to dig 50 holes in my yard and maybe <laughs> I'll find treasure, I can execute that myself and, sure. and do it. I can't do it without the people that made the shovel, though. I think the way that, uh, yeah, the way that I, uh, the way that I've been, because I go back and forth on this, I think that there, there have been some amazing ideas Um and without those ideas, obviously, you know, they wouldn't have happened. Um, but there's also been some amazing execution on crappy ideas that have pivoted and made it even better. Um, and I think when I think about this topic specifically, we're not even going to try to stay on tap on tap task. Like we can't I wrote be out on like tap. Some, yeah, I wrote out some bullets, but whatever. Um, I think when uh, when I think about this conundrum or whatever. Um, I look at it as uh, take what you did with your book career, for example. Um, mm-hmm. You didn't necessarily have a book, you know, an idea. You had yeah. you had rigorous execution for what years of mm-hmm. just drawing and uh, putting ideas and putting things out there. Not even ideas; you were just putting things out there. You're putting work out there. Yeah. Um, and that eventually um, created what you have as a career now, right? Yeah. And, and in that way, it, it's something that I actually tell people that I mentor all the time is that you can't – I have I have to live my job generating ideas mm-hmm. and then executing on them for – you know, if we're, if we're talking about the greater goal. I mean, you could break everything down into a little idea, execution, little idea, execution, you know, little idea being the book that I'm working right. on. And, and there's little ideas within that, you know, and ideas within that, within each illustration. Um, so I feel like it, the, the greater encompassing career wasn't, wasn't brought forth by an idea. It was brought forth by execution only. Right. And I tell people that you, you just have to like, you can't have that one idea that you covet. It's not going to do it. It's right. not going to cut the mustard, man. You got to like, <laughs> you got to keep on trucking with those ideas. And, yeah. um, it, yeah, 
And that that's about all I got to say about that. There's a um, <laughs> there's a book called the um, uh, the Artist's Way, I think is what it's called. Julia mm-hmm. Cameron. I might have just made all that up, but I'm pretty sure that's what it's called, and Good. that's who wrote it. Um, but uh, it's good <laughs> I hope you made all of it up. <laughs> um, but there's a book, and uh, she talks about writing. Um, her morning writings and she's, she calls them their, her, uh, artist pages. And every day you should get up and immediately brain dump three pages. Um, it shouldn't have necessarily any point other than just dumping everything that's in your brain, everything you're thinking stream of consciousness for three pages. And, um, out of that can come a lot of nuggets, um, of, uh, of, of, you know, great, great either ideas or even just, um, uh, pieces that you can expand on later, um, you know, uh, an idea. So it's hard for me because it's like, it's a chicken and egg conversation. It's also a, uh, you can't have one without the other kind of conversation. Yeah. And I think you can do it both wrong. I think yeah. you can have a great idea and execute it wrong too. You know, um, I think absolutely. I think what, um, I think what a lot of people like the entrepreneurial community, um, What's the name of the Entrepreneur Magazine? Yeah, Entrepreneur Magazine, Inc., <laughs> um, Fast Company, all these yeah. all these magazines and articles and these uh, that are writing about work, they're writing about being an entrepreneur, they're writing about ideas and execution and all that kind of stuff. I think what their point is, um, is which one's going to get you further, you know, as an entrepreneur or as a, uh, as an artist or um, is it execution or is it ideas? And I think there are a lot of folks out there um, you know, Stephen King, Steve Jobs, a lot of these guys will say it's all in execution. Like the ideas are useless. Like, um, uh-huh. you can, you can sit and write down 30 ideas every day for your entire life. And it won't matter because, um, if you're not executing on them, um, you know, I think you said it, if you're just sitting there coveting your ideas, um, waiting for the next big thing, um, you're never going to accomplish anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with that i think it i mean especially if we're just talking about stephen king i mean he has at least from what i've gathered he kind of just has a nugget of a situation as an idea and then kind of lets his uh book write itself through right. him you know yeah. he, he doesn't even really know i mean i'm sure he kind of knows how <laughs> it's going to end up at some point but you know you it, it, even with drawing, I can see how what he's saying is you you start on something and all of a sudden you have these like micro ideas that happen within it and right. it changes everything. Yeah, you know, if you spend enough time sitting down honing your craft and working on your execution, um, eventually you become so good at, um, at at putting ideas on paper at actually creating. Um, as opposed to just uh, ideating, um, yeah. that any idea that someone throws at you, uh, you can actually make somewhat golden because you've become so good at your craft. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So I think that I think when it comes to that that point where if you focus on the process, you focus on your craft, and you focus on um, uh, diligence. Really, I guess is the best way to put it. Execution. You know, uh, if you focus on those things, eventually. Um, you are going to get to a point where the idea is almost uh, unimportant because any idea that someone puts in front of you, um, you can turn it into something great. 
Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I was thinking about when just thinking about this topic in general is um, I have a tendency to, I'll write down ideas that I have. I'm like, oh, that would be neat. Um, Whether it's a freaking, I don't know, app or a blog post or whatever. I've just got, Uh you know, um, I use this thing called Notion and I've got like a whole notebook thingy just devoted to like brain dumps. Like here, oh, idea, idea, idea. Um, And whether it's, typing it on my phone or using my watch um, while I'm running and like dictating an idea or whatever. I just <laughs> dump ideas in there. Um, nine times out of 10, I do nothing with them. Um, yeah. And uh, actually I would say like 10 times out of 10. <laughs> yeah. I do nothing with them. Um, but uh, one of the things that I, that gives me like a pro in the pro column for execution versus ideas is um, I have a tendency to, if I start thinking of like, well, I need to think of something cool. Like I want to think, I want to write like an app, you know, or I want to write a game, release a game. Why not? You know, yeah. I can do that. I'm, I'm capable. Why, why, why don't I do that? Um, I'll just get totally hung up on ideas as opposed to just sitting down and just starting like literally executing. Like I know the basic framework of a game. I know some of basic components that you need to have to make a game work. Yeah. Um, does it have a scoring system? All right, I'll just write a scoring system. I have no idea what the hell it's going to look like or how it's going to work, but I'm just going to start writing. Yeah, and it I might think, change too. Right. You know, that's, I think, a, a, the biggest case study for this whole topic is Pixel Press. <laughs> At least for us, yeah. For and, sure. and the fact that someone else had an idea. It wasn't mm-hmm. even our, our idea. It was Robin yeah. and Josh, I guess. And... And we were the execution and throughout the course of at least my time there, the idea changed so much and, and we had to have multiple sub ideas, if you want to call them within it. You know, I think, I think that's something that when you look at like these success stories. That was one thing that I pulled from that article, which I thought was awesome was like the surprising stupid ideas that made a millions of dollars. <laughs> but if you look at these success stories, like it's not just the idea, right? You know, it, it's not like, Oh, I have an idea. Let's pull one. What, what is it? Uh, no, thanks. I don't want my free trial. Just give me the article. Uh, doggles. Let's just start with the first one. Dog goggles. <laughs> um, he might've had the idea, but you have to have all kinds of other ideas just for the, just for manufacturing the goggles. Right. And then just for logistics of shipping them from China, which I'm sure they're made. And, uh, and like focus, you have to have ideas upon ideas and you have to execute on every one of them. So I feel like it's not fair to, to like, pare it down to like oh that's a stupid idea and it made a bunch of money it wasn't just that idea because you could have that idea and i could go make some shit ass dog goggles with like sunglasses and duct tape and that's my execution and it's terrible and they never make a million dollars you have to be good at the execution yeah and and and, and i feel like it's sort of that's why i kind of feel like it's moot you can't because you you have to have good execution in order to if your if your goal is to make money with it, I guess, or or like be successful in the traditional sense. Yeah, you can't really sell ideas. I mean, you can. Um, you and there be was able a, to. There was a moment there. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know. Uh, in the twenties. 
<laughs> well, I mean then, but I even mean like uh, I even mean right when like Twitter and Facebook started to blow yeah. up. There was a moment in time when you know Silicon Valley was just throwing money at ideas mm-hmm. um, and seeing if it would you know come to fruition. That time is basically passed because what people are realizing is we can't just stuff money into ideas and and have them like be successful. Yeah, um, there has maybe, to be excellent execution. And maybe stuffing money is part of the execution, right? Possibly. I mean, I mean, you don't. We stuffed Pixel Press with money sometimes in order to hire people to execute it better than we could. Sure. You know, our ideas executed by other people, and and maybe. I don't. I don't know. That's where, like, I get I get caught up with the idea that it has to be the right execution in order for it to be commercially successful. I think any, that any idea. For example, I think that if you and I legitimately sat down, and I and I would say this about a lot of people, this is not like a, a thing for you and me, but um, I think if you and I sat down, we said we want to do something. We want to do something and have it be uh, semi-successful. We don't even know what it is. And you and I literally just said, you know what? Every day f- from now until we don't know, in indeterminate <laughs> in time, uh, we are going to meet for two hours and uh, execute. You're just uh-huh. going to draw crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to take it and uh, I don't know, code it. Whatever. It, it like, already sounds successful. But like, I think that if we created a diligence and if we created a uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, when you are if we created the discipline to meet two hours a day every day yeah. and work towards something by the end of day one we'd have some form of like idea or some uh-huh. form of like uh, you know amorphous blob that was going to become an idea. Yeah. We would continue executing on it uh, by the end of week one that would probably be significantly different. Yeah. Um, and by the end of year one, we'd probably have something, something yeah. fairly neat, you know, that we could share with people. Um, yeah. Because we were diligent, disciplined, and executed daily to see something come to fruition. Yeah. I think that um, you know, if you're talking chicken or egg, um, you can you can start with either one, and I think that's where a lot of people are like, well, you have to start with an idea. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know that you do. Yeah, I mean, y- you don't really. You you have to start with a goal, sure. which maybe is an idea. I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, I, I mean, I guess they're different. If we're talking about like my career, then right. no, yeah, you don't need an idea. Uh, unless my idea was, I have an idea that I want to illustrate kids' books. I guess. I yeah, I don't really think that's an idea in the in the sense that we're talking about it. In the you sense that I mean? these articles that I've read are talking about, they're they're talking about like products. Right. It really is just products. It's products. All of it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, a book is a product. Um, a, uh, a a journal entry technically is a product. Yeah. You know, um, a uh, a blog post is a product. You're creating something, and you yeah. have a product that comes out of that creation yeah. process. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't know. I'm still I'm still on team execution. I think I am too. I do think 99% of the time you probably need to have an idea in order to execute on it. Mm-hmm. But the idea is not going to get you anywhere without the execution. No. It's not it's not the time of pet rocks. 
Right. When you could be like, oh, this is a good idea. Then you sell it to some exec at Walmart and they do all the execution <laughs> for you. It still right. is being executed by somebody. Yeah. You know, it's I, pretty I, darn rare for that to happen. Um, I can I can wake up in the morning and be like, uh, I have an idea that I want to have a good day. But if I just lay in bed and like <laughs> feel bad, then I'm not executing on that. I mean, you're really touching on a large portion of the bookstore self-help section right now, which is like action, uh, action, you know, Take motivation action. through action. It's the secret. Yeah. Think about it. And then take steps towards making it a reality. And I, I actually think that's the secret. I don't. I don't know. I, I think I read it like twenty years ago. I actually think that um, action begets motivation. Sometimes it doesn't always have to go one way. I don't think it's no. linear. That you have to be motivated in order to take action. I think you can actually take consistent action in order to become more motivated. Fuck yeah, you know man. I, mean? I do that with like stuff around the house all the time. I don't <laughs> want to do any of it, but if I just start <laughs> doing it, then I don't stop. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Okay. Like because my, the sense underneath the lack of motivation kicks in to like do a good job. Mm -hmm. And, and then all of a sudden I'm like, man, this sucks, but I'm going to finish it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you get, you get momentum, you get, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you push a car down a hill, it's hard to stop it, you know, and mm. until, you know, eventually it's going to run out of steam because you're going to run out of, run out of hill or whatever. But, um, now we're talking physics. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I think that, I think the same thing goes for, uh, you know, really anyone, I was going to say any like, you know, uh, go getter type person, but I really think it's anybody. If you, you get enough momentum going, um, and I used to stress this all the time when, um, our company, you know, that, that, you know, pixel press when, you know, you were there. So obviously you mm -hmm. saw a lot of this, I stressed, um, sp in sprints where we would have small chunks of time where we would box in an amount of work that we were going to try to accomplish. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and we based that on, we pointed things. And so you gave everything like a value of like how complicated or how long it would take or whatever you want to call <laughs> it. Um, but I would always say, you know, break, break everything down into the smallest digestible chunk that you can, even to the point where it became annoying because it was very nice daily to start checking things off. Yeah. And that gave you momentum that made you feel like, oh man, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot. Whereas you could say, take my entire, let's say your sprint or your, your, your time interval is two weeks. You could say, mm -hmm. I'm going to take everything I need to do and just put it on one card, one to do. Like, all right, here's my bullet list to crap. It's all in one to do, um, yeah. you know, and I'm going to work on that for two weeks. You're not really ever going to feel any kind of momentum. Um, you might be, you might finish it in two weeks, but really if you uh, break that apart into smaller tasks, you're going to feel momentum daily. Um, you know, sometimes even like if you're a crazy person, you could, you know, feel momentum hourly. Um, yeah. It just kind of depends on, on how, how structured you want to be with it. Yeah. And I think when you boil it down, it's, uh, it, it, it's a strategy for execution and, mm -hmm. and like how to, how to stay motivated while you're executing on whatever idea, if we're bringing it back to the topical, topical yeah. conversation. I think it's, I think there's many ways to execute things, um, in a way that, you know, gets shit done. If you want to use a motivational poster yeah, saying, uh, but I think I honestly think that there's so many factors in getting things 
executed correctly that it's way easier to do it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I was, yeah. And like, how do you even, it's hard to even know if you're doing it the wrong way sometimes. Yeah. I mean, pixel press is another case in point for that. Like we were, and who's to even say it's wrong too. Right. Um, you know, like we, we started with the draw your own video games and it reached, you know, you could say the most success at first, as far as like mass approval from consumers mm-hmm. uh, and and we we did things with the draw your own video game that like we had only dreamt of doing before that working with big names and mm-hmm. using big properties and like making a bunch of money on kickstarter and just all kinds of stuff like that and ultimately realized that we were in some ways executing some of these things incorrectly Sure, but uh, the ultimate realization was that the idea was kind of like, like flawed, and sure. then we switched to Bloxels, and and then you know it could be argued that we even executed on some of that the wrong way at, at some points in time. Sure, um, so it's hard to it's hard to have a gauge on on how well you're executing. Unless you just do something quantifiable, like how much money is company A making for their investors? And if it's a lot, then I guess they're doing it right. Except for the fact that they're spreading a bunch of misinformation and who knows what else they're doing (laughs) horrible. So, you know, it's like, what's the, what's the measure of correct? (laughs) Yeah. The measure of success. Unfortunately, it's usually tied to money. Um, The uh, one of the things that, you know, execution is, I think significantly harder. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot of, I mean, there were times whether whether we're talking Pixel Press or we're talking any company that you and I have you know been part of, or um, there's never a shortage of ideas. Yeah. Um, we could sit down, gather a group of folks that are you know semi intelligent, um, and say like, all right, we're gonna we need the next the next thing that's gonna that we're gonna yeah. bolt bolt onto our onto our thing. So the next, let's call it the next book for you. You uh-huh. know, if you grabbed fifteen people that you were allowed to hand select, you know, i.e. hire, um, yeah, you know, and said like, okay, we're gonna have a think tank. Everyone, start. Let's we're gonna take a day. Just throw some ideas, you know, at a board. You're gonna come out of there with a ton of crazy ideas. Yeah. Some Hundreds great, ideas. some yeah. obviously terrible, but. Um, you have a ton of great ideas. Like executing on that is a completely different beast, and I think mm-hmm. significantly more difficult. It takes a lot more discipline and a lot more um, uh, trial and error. You know? Yeah, and I also think it's it, especially if we're talking about you know art or books or even I mean even technology. Um, you give group a an idea and you give group b the same idea it's going to be executed completely different yeah you know with books it's like it it, they give me a manuscript and i illustrate it i'm going to do it totally different than you know some other illustrator and it's going to be a completely different book right and and i think that's an argument for like even if you have an idea that some would call unoriginal that's not really unless you're just plagiarizing somebody (laughs) it's you what comes out of you is going to be unique sure well look at uh look at i mean movies that are remade yeah um 
some are excellent, some are better than the original, and uh-huh. vice versa. Sometimes the original is obviously significantly better than the than the remake. And I, you know, I think when they try to just cram a bunch of special effects in, that's not really the execution that people are looking for. The execution <laughs> people are looking for is um, direction. So yeah, a unique viewpoint yeah. on the story. I think it's the same you know. story. Yeah. You know, there's been remakes of The Shining. Same story. Same story by, you know, Stephen King. Obviously, he would say it's not the same story, but generally, you know, same, same story. That, it wouldn't be there without his story. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, generally the same story, and uh, no one's even come close to executing it the way Kubrick did. You know, I think the movie that comes to mind when we talk about that, and and there are a zillion remakes of old movies, even from our childhood, but the one that I argue is is a refresh and is actually interesting and exciting based on the same story is Jumanji. Oh, yeah. And I think that if we're talking about taking the same idea and watching other people execute it in a different time period, it's like the best case study for that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great movie. And I think it's it's funny. And the fact that they turned it into video games and you're in a video game and it like speaks to kids of this generation, you know, more so than a board game would. I think it's just a really like brilliant way to have remade that movie. <laughs> did you see the uh, did you see the second one? Yeah, I, I actually really like both of them. I, I like the second one, too. The what I can't get past is uh, the rocks. Danny DeVito like butter. <laughs> accent thing that he does i'm like what are you doing and then you watch the uh we own it on itunes so you watch the like making of and they're all just like like the accolades that he's getting for becoming danny devito i'm like what, what? yeah it's like really bad yeah. why is he doing that why what nobody else is talking like the other people yeah. why do you have to talk like him it doesn't i make actually really liked uh I really liked Kevin Hart's. Oh um, man, he's hilarious. Danny Glover in that. Yeah, it's funny because you got you get an entire movie with Kevin Hart, and he's not Kevin Hart. Most Kevin yeah. Hart movies, he's a, he's just Kevin Hart, you know. Yeah. But in this one, he actually, you know, to be fair, he he actually acted, and it was still really funny. <laughs> it takes him forever to tell a story. <laughs> I think it's awesome. <laughs> oh man, super yeah. side tangent. But if you have not seen Shumanji, you should. They're great. Yeah, I think they're really fantastic movies. I think the first one's really good, too. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, to me, when we talk about remaking movies, Jumanji's the one I think about. That's a good uh, That's a good one. You know, if we're going to go on side tangent for a second, let's go on side tangent hardcore. So, uh, we're going to go hardcore tangent here, folks. I'm going to tangent after this tangent, too. So, just so you know. Super ahead, tangent. Um, what do you think from our childhood cannot be remade. Um, I mean, most of them already have, but what do you think just, you can't? mean like movie? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant just anything. I was like, well, oh, I mean, you could say anything, but <laughs> movies, <shorts>. are, the, <laughs> <laughs> movies um, are the pretty typical thing that gets remade. Yeah. The movie from our childhood that can't be remade. Um, I mean, they've tried a lot of times and I think Jurassic Park, yeah, is is a. I think they're they suck, the yeah. new ones. I think they're yeah. awful. I think everything, even the old sequels, suck. I also think that you could not remake. Um, maybe I have like one. the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh yeah, 
Um, yeah, I mean, you could. I don't know. It just kind of feels like very different. Yeah, I'd be interested to see. I'd be interested to see somebody remake Return of the Living Dead too. But now I'm just thinking of uh, horror movies. Horror movies. You um, know, I have one that I just feel like can't be remade, and I don't know why this one always sticks out in my head. Um, and it's the uh, original Back to the Future. Oh yeah, I just feel it's like too you reliant can't remake on, that on Michael J. Fox and yeah, and uh, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Yeah. I just I feel like it'd Christopher be... Walken. Like that would be that would be a remake. <laughs> we just watched the uh, Batman Returns with Christopher Walken, oh, the yeah. uh, Tim Burton one. Yeah, that's a the good boys, one. We don't watch that one that much because it's actually kind of scary. Yeah, it's pretty and scary. So it's pretty the dark. Penguin is scary as shit. Man. Yeah. Um, we watched. Man, uh, whenever I watch this movie, I want to text you. Every single time <laughs> is the um, Batman and Robin with Chris O'Donnell oh, and Alicia God. Silverstone and George Clooney. So bad. And the way that they like, I feel like they could redo that one now and it would probably be good because they'd be able to pull off the campy comic bookiness of it. Maybe that they were yeah. trying to do, but it looked like a like a carnival set yeah. or like a like a high school play. Yeah. Man, it's so bad in every one-liner, and Uma Thurman's overacting, and her voice changes like almost scene by scene. It's her accent so, changes so so bad. And George Clooney's just the worst Batman. Oh, just ever. awful. And yeah, it's just so bad. <laughs> Chris O'Donnell, like what? Come on. Yeah, there's a million other actors that could have done that better. It's funny we watched Batman the original um, with uh, Michael Keaton, and then we watched Batman Returns. We skipped over the Joel Schumacher mess um, yeah. after that. And What's then, the one before? There's Batman and Robin, but then there's the Val Batman Kilmer Forever. One. Batman, Batman Forever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's didn't like the that Val one Kilmer one, right? Yeah. yeah. That was that also was, pretty bad. That sucks because Val Kilmer's like like the best, dude. Yeah. That was him in a good at a good time for him, too. That was right around the Tombstone time. Yeah, um, and like the Saint. And, yeah. Uh, he yeah, just, I don't know. It wasn't his fault. Joel Schumacher just ruined those movies. But yeah, yeah, he did. They were just but, too campy and goofy. I, I, I liken it to trying to use Ben Affleck now. It's about the I, same. I don't think Affleck's bad. I think he sucks, man. <laughs> I don't like him in general, though, really. The new mm. movies are pretty. Unless it's Reindeer Games. Yeah. No, Phantoms, dude. <laughs> Phantoms, Phantoms <laughs> like a motherfucker. Um, um Phantoms okay. is actually pretty good. I like it is Phantoms. a good movie. Yeah. Um, all right. We are way off. Uh, yeah. We're t- um, idea versus execution versus uh, 90s movies. Yeah. 80s movies also. I got some more that couldn't be remade. Never Ending Story. Man, could do a good yeah. job with that. You Princess Bride. Do don't. They're trying and they're not going to be able to do that yeah. right. Uh, I, never, I didn't. Honestly, this is controversial. Spencer used to want to hit me with stuff. I don't, I don't really like Princess Bride. No, I mean it's not like my favorite movie ever. I just don't yeah. think they could remake it That's with fair. the same the same panache. But yeah. yeah, I don't I don't have Princess Bride t-shirts like Spencer McCoy does. <laughs> <laughs> you could beep out his last name in case anybody wants to make fun of him online. They won't know who he is. Um Yeah, there's there's a lot, man. Don't remake Tombstone. Man, if that oh, happens, yeah. can't remake Roadhouse. They tried. They tried to make a Roadhouse 2 with Jonathan Skage. Didn't work. Was it, was it really? Yeah, he was 
I think he's, I've never watched it because I can't do it, but I think he's Dalton's son who's oh also gosh. taken to the bouncer or the cooler business. Wow. Um, yeah. John Skage, man. I don't know. He's lucky he married an A-list actress. Who did he marry? Christina Applegate. Really? I'm pretty sure. They might not be married anymore, but I'm pretty sure at one point in time they were married for a long time. That's someone who uh, I don't typically comment and care about the way people look. Um, it's just never been like a thing for me. Um, but yeah. I will say she is a oddity in my mind because I feel like she has just gotten more attractive every year since she yeah. was like 18 or whatever. Like She's an alien. She's never – like <laughs> if you look at her now – and uh, she's on some show on Netflix. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but yeah, if you look at her now, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you look at her now and you look at her in the, uh, in married with children, like first season, like I think she's like light years more attractive oh, yeah. than she was then Absolutely. as a kid. And that doesn't typically, you know, happen to celebrities in Hollywood. Typically, obviously, you know, they, they change their look as the, as the years go <laughs> they on. Get or whatever. Older, they get like older, they get older, just yeah. like us. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, she's a weird one. She's, um, I don't know. Yeah. Christina um, Applegate, if you're listening, <laughs> there you go. I salute you. Um, so, good, job. Uh, good job getting older. Nice work. Um, uh, uh, what the right. hell were we talking about? Let's uh, tangent back, but also be a tangent because this list, I really like lists of things. Yeah. And this list of uh, stupid ideas that made millions is, is for a couple of reasons intrigued me. Okay. One reason is because I think I don't think they're all surprising or stupid. I think some <laughs> of them are kind of brilliant. And the one that I think is the most brilliant is a fucking idea that I've had since I was in my like high school years. And <laughs> it's my idea. And it's the Nork. Remember me talking about that? The, the knife fork, fork with the knife? Knife yeah. fork. Yeah. It's on here. It's a we Nork. Talk- we talked about that though, and we were saying if you if you have a knife on the side of your fork, you'd slice your mouth open. Exactly. I'm not really sure <laughs> if it's still a thing. So so here's here's what it says about the Nork. It's short. Um, if you're tired of using both a fork and a knife while eating, the Nork <laughs> may be just what you're looking for. It's a fork and a knife all in one. Nice. Mike Miller first got his cutting edge idea in the eighth grade while trying to eat pizza with a fork. Blah, 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 blah. That Miller, was his first mistake. Yeah. Man, just pick it up. However, Miller didn't think to turn his idea into an actual product until he was in college in 2001. Probably about the same time I thought yeah. about this too. Miller, wonder where he went to school. Probably somewhere where he was sitting behind me listening to us talk. Uh, he borrowed 10 grand from his grandpa. Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> Established his company and developed a prototype using one of his mother's forks. He just and sharpened one side of it? I guess. <laughs> it says he used car modeling compound, which um, sounds uh, dangerous yeah, that in sounds a different healthy. way. Uh, the Nork, it's, the line has been expanded into a full place setting. Nork flatware saw nearly $2 million in sales in 2011. Wow. That's insane. Well, do you remember our top five ideas for products that we had that we were obviously never going to execute on? You know, that's wh- the only one I remember. I, n- I remember tubes. Tubes was one. That's do you remember getting executed on by by uh, 
Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Executing that one. Do you know the one that I always think of that I was like, it was in the Lego movie and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, couch, bunk bunk couches. (laughs) How do you get off if you're in the middle? On top. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually think about that whenever I see it. I like, Rob had that idea. Bunk we couch. used to sit. Well, we used to have a sectional and Daniel and I would, uh, we'd turn on like late at night, like time for bed. You know, we'd throw on like South Park or something and we'd pass out on the sectional. We're like, man, you know, what would be cool is if you had bunk couches. <laughs> that way I didn't have to sleep next to your feet, which is weird. That's weird that we slept on the couch together. Uh. Yep. That's, you know, it's our weird that we get up and go to our bedrooms. I know, because we'd have TVs in our bedrooms. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Plus, they were All closer right. to mine, didn't have a door. True. Mine didn't have, mine room. also didn't have a bed. It just had another couch in it. Yeah, I had a futon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Sad times. Uh, Clocky's a good one. So, this person, this is another idea that you hit, it's got alarm clock with like, like all-terrain wheels and you hit the snooze button and all it just like rolls off your table across the room and so next time it goes off you have to get up that's interesting. I think that's kind of smart it's interesting it's made 10 million dollars in sales man yeah. we could have used something like that for brian back in the day man no kidding instead we just screamed at him until he fell out of his bed <laughs> we had uh, our own method with socks rolled up socks that we'd throw man, at him man <laughs> that guy just can't wake up for shit. The time that we screamed at him and he fell out of his bed and shattered that mirror and he covered said, it with newspaper and, and then left. got to work. <laughs> Man, I'll never forget that. That was awesome. Brian, you got a test? Wake up. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I think we're, uh, I think yeah. we've degraded down to, um, this is no it. longer a tangent. This is just us. We're done. Hey, you guys want to hear about more funny stories? Uh, <laughs> From our youth? No. All right. Well, that was a uh, that was a fun episode talking about ideas versus execution. I think Daniel and I both fall on the execution side of things. We appreciate you listening. Uh, if anyone has not already, please subscribe. Give us a rating. Anyway, until next time, we'll see you. Peace out. Thank you. Thank you.